Good morning. So we are celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit today. And I had originally planned to talk about the next section in uh, 2 Timothy, which was gonna talk about people who don't know Jesus. And I thought, why go there when we could just celebrate why we're different? And so that's why we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit today. And if you think about it, you know, we had talked last week about people being blind to the truth. Well, the Holy Spirit coming into our lives is why we're not. And so we want to celebrate that and talk about that this morning. So that's what we're going to do. Um, Would you just ask the Spirit to teach you right now, show you what you need, and then I'll pray for us and we'll, we'll look at a couple of passages of Scripture together. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present. You are present when people gather to worship Jesus, and you are present in our lives. So teach us from your, from your word and help us learn to be more sensitive to you this morning, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to remind you that Jesus made this promise in that upper room, you know, the night before he was betrayed. He said this to his followers to his disciples I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever the disciples had the amazing opportunity to be with Jesus they were actually with Jesus they watched him teach they watched him heal but he said it was good that he go away and if you think about it it makes sense that the whole world all the Christians who have ever been could not physically be present with Jesus the way the disciples were. You can't have a billion people hang around one person and get to know him. But with the Spirit's presence in the world, we have that personal relationship with God. And so this is a promise from Jesus, I'm gonna do this. And it's so important that after he was raised from the dead and he was teaching his disciples, he said to them before he ascended, wait. I want you to wait and don't leave Jerusalem because the Spirit's coming and you're going to get empowered to do the things that God wants you to do. So this is significant. We, we sometimes neglect to realize just the significance of the Spirit's presence in our life. And that's what it is. It's God's own presence in our lives. God is present with you. He's with you. And in you, God himself in the form of the Spirit. So I'll just, one more, just reminder. And this goes again from Paul. You know, he talks a lot about what it's like to not know Jesus and what it is to know Jesus. And so he says, now we've received not the Spirit of the world, you know, that Spirit that is filled with the ways of human thinking apart from God, whether that be just human thinking or whether that be mnemonic thinking, the things that are destructive and corrosive, like we're not filled with that spirit, but we have the spirit who is from God so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. And if you look at this verse, I, I encourage you to take a look at First, or excuse me, First Corinthians 2 this afternoon. Before this, he makes this amazing statement that there are things that haven't even entered our hearts that God has for us. So there's this amazing blessing that God wants us to have, and it's the Spirit that reveals those things to us. Okay, so I want us to think for a minute about 
what's available, and I'm not going to go to that slide. I want you to shout out, just for a minute, what are some of the things that the Spirit does for us as followers of Jesus? What are the things that the Spirit does? Go ahead, just shout it out. He helps. He loves. Yes, he gives us love. There's the fruit of the Spirit that comes into our life. Awesome. What else? Grace. Yes, he gives us grace. What else? Discernment. Yes, he gives us, there's instruction that the Spirit gives us. What else? He guides. Yes, yes. He gives us peace. Yes. So I made a list, you know, help, he, he's called the helper. He, he guides us into truth. We can ask for the Spirit to give us help when we read the Word. He gives us gifts, a spiritual gift, a Holy Spirit gift is an enablement. We each have them as followers of Jesus, and they're different, and which is why together as the church, we have lots of different abilities that are supernaturally given to us to be able to do the things that God has called us to do. And then there's the fruit of the Spirit, and some of you mentioned them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, like the fruit of the Spirit in our life are these qualities that are beautiful and helpful. So, and then he gives us comfort and he gives us power. And then there's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever met somebody who's a believer and you have a connection? There's something that allows you to have a good conversation, even though you don't know each other well. It's the fellowship of the Spirit and that sense of fellowship with God himself. So why don't we just almost explode all the time with the presence of the Spirit. Why, why is this not like abundantly present in our lives? What are some things that hinder this? Well, I think there are three things that can hinder us in terms of the Spirit. The first is simple ignorance of the Spirit, of just not paying attention, either choosing not to pay attention or being uncomfortable with the topic, or just not giving thought to it. If you look throughout the New Testament, you're going to find all kinds of references to what the Spirit does in our life. We just talked about it, some, some examples. And so we cannot pay attention. I had a biology teacher in high school who said, you only see what you know. And, and in other words, if you, if, you, if you were oblivious to something, you didn't know anything about it, you would never see it. And I, I, I told the story outside. Um, last fall, I had to do some work in my backyard, and I rented a mini excavator and learned how to use it. Well, now I see mini excavators everywhere. Like, they're all over the place. Now, I know for sure that the number of mini excavators have not dramatically increased in the last six months in Lynchburg. It's just I see them. I didn't see them before, now I see them. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. We may know about him, but until we kind of sensed or experienced, we, we will be oblivious to it. So that's one of the things that keeps us from experiencing this. The second thing can be grieving the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul writes about this in Ephesians. And you are, we are flesh and spirit, right? This, we have a spirit within us. Think of a time when you felt really welcomed, like you're in a place and you just were, I'm glad to be here. Like you felt accepted and 
and you, you were comfortable. And now think of a time where you went someplace and you did not, like, this is not, I, there is almost like an unwelcome sign here. Like, you just felt it in your spirit. I don't want to be here. What's the difference? It, it, it's not just, I mean, sometimes it's, it, it's the way somebody, like if you're staying in a home and the way they've set the room up for you, it might be physical things, but more often it's the attitude of the people that you are interacting with. They make you feel either like they're glad that you're there or that they're not, right? Well, in that passage about grieving the Holy Spirit, Paul talks in the verse before about unwholesome words and how we shouldn't have them. And if you think about people's speech, I'm sure you've been around people who had unwholesome words and it was a toxic environment. It was not pleasant. It was not positive. That, I think, grieves God's spirit when we are like that and create toxic environments around us. And then after that verse, he talks about anger and all of its different forms, anger, slander, malice, and that we're supposed to be rid of that. Our anger doesn't create an environment that is positive to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. So that grieves the Spirit. And then I think quenching the Spirit is simply not listening or not paying attention and not doing what He nudges us to do. So sometimes you may get a sense, you know, I really should do this. And we shut the Spirit down when we say no. We don't go with what He's instructing us. So how can we fix this? Well, I want to give you three simple steps, just three basic ideas that can help us grow in awareness and understanding of how the Spirit works in us. The first one is simply ask. So start the morning and say, Holy Spirit, help me recognize you today in my life. What you're saying to me, what you're doing around me, just ask the Spirit to help you pay attention. And then ask the Spirit to help you in the normal stuff you do. If you read the Gospel of Luke through, you will find many times it talks about Jesus doing the things he did in the power of the Spirit. And what's often our situation is we think that it's only religious stuff or spiritual stuff. So I can, I can be depending on the Spirit when I teach, or you could be you know, depending on the Spirit when you are praying, but like actually doing your job that you do during the week, that the Spirit has nothing to do with that. And see, that's a big mistake because I think Jesus did all that he did even before he began to teach. I think when he worked as a carpenter, I think he did that in the power of the Holy Spirit too, that he was living in the presence of God. So ask the Spirit to help you with your job. Ask the Spirit to just kind of help you understand it. And if you face a problem at your work, pray about it. Expect that the Spirit will work in you. And then especially ask for his help when you read God's Word. He inspired it. He understands it. He knows what it's about. And so just say, help me understand. Help me to ask. Just ask the Spirit to give you sensitivity to him. The second is to learn, to learn to recognize his voice. Now, there's a wonderful story in 1 Samuel where Samuel was a boy in the temple, and he had, it says he had not yet learned to hear the voice of God. You remember that story? And he thought 
he heard a voice, he thought it was Eli, he goes and Eli says, no, I didn't call you. And so he teaches him how to pay attention. Well, we read that, and I think, at least it's the way I thought about it, so, well, that's kind of like in the Bible, and, you know, I'm not going to hear the audible voice of God, and I'm not a prophet like Samuel was. Well, I don't think we can expect to always, maybe ever, hear an audible voice, but the Spirit still prompts us. There is a movement within us, and we can learn how to be sensitive to that. So the first thing you do to be sensitive to that is to fill your mind with the Scriptures, because that's God's voice, right? That's God's Word. And so anything you hear will sound like the Word. If it doesn't sound like the Word, so if you have a toxic thought or an angry thought or an ugly thought, and it doesn't match up with God's Word, you can be pretty confident that is not the Holy Spirit, right? And sometimes we have so many thoughts, like some people I know, they can, in a second, they can have, you know, 100, 200,000 thoughts. Like, we, our minds can go really, really fast, and all the stuff that goes through us obviously comes from someplace. Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes it's of the evil one, but sometimes it's from God, and we need to learn to recognize that when we see it. And so that's the second part of this. If you fill your mind with with God's word, you'll be able to recognize it. I want to give you two examples from my own life, one a positive, one a negative. So there have been a couple of times when God's brought somebody to mind, not because of any kind of physical, like, email or whatever, but just somebody's come to mind. And when I've reached out to that person, it was obviously a God thing. Like, I was supposed to do that. And I, and I don't have an explanation for why they came to my mind. Okay? Maybe you've had something like that, a kind of nudging. The other one was one where I didn't pay attention to it. And I don't know, some of you guys may have been here that day that that happened. But So, um, I, you know how I love to help people get along with Jesus? And so I had written some material, and I had designed it kind of with men in mind. And, and I'd done it one time in this spot. And it was a material where you would read the a scripture, You'd walk around this beautiful place, meditate on it, sit down, maybe journal. And so it was kind of this thing where the book would, would kind of have you walk around a little bit, spend time with Jesus, enjoy being outside. And we were going to spend the morning doing it. Well, I had used this spot. It was off of 24. I'd used this spot before. I learned about it when my sons were in Cub Scouts. And I'd gone there by myself. I'd taken other people there. Well, the week, we were supposed to do this on a Saturday morning. And there were about 20 guys, I think, that had signed up for it. And I had this thought in the middle of the week, you know, you should check to see if that place is still open. Now, I can be kind of a warrior ward at times, and so I thought, oh, it's been there forever. It's there. No worries. And I think I even looked it up. I was trying to think about whether I looked it up, because they had a website about it. And I think I looked it up and thought, oh, yeah, it's still there. Well, we got there, and there was this serious fence. I mean, I'm not talking like a little fence. I'm talking about a massive fence with huge signs that say, no trespassing, video surveillance. Like, I don't know what they were doing behind that fence, but obviously they did not want us in there. And it had been open, like it had been this open place. And I recognized that that little thought of, you know, you should check to see if that's, that had the quality of a Holy Spirit nudge not just me being worried, and I didn't pay attention to it. So what I want to encourage you in is to recognize that the Spirit is nudging you at times, 
And you need to learn to recognize that because the last thing you need to do is you need to act on it. You act. When you, um, so it's interesting because Paul, or um, Jesus told his disciples, you know, you're going to be for kings and authorities, but don't worry about what you're going to say. It's going to be given to you in the moment. Well, you still have to open your mouth in the moment. Like, there's an acting that you do that allows the Spirit to work through you. So for the Spirit to work through you to bless someone, you have to reach out to them. For you to bless someone, you have to act for the Spirit to be present in what you're doing. There's still a choice that you make to do something. So the third thing is act on the things that the Spirit prompts you. And as you begin to do that, you're going to see what happens when you listen to the Spirit. Good things happen because He was prompting you to do it. So these aren't really complicated. It's just kind of thinking and being aware of the, how God communicates with you. So you ask for help, you learn to recognize His voice, and then you act on it, and you're going to see blessing flow through you. And, and I would remind you that as you understand your gifting, like you understand how God's gifted you, and you see what happens when you operate out of your gifting, you will understand the blessing the Spirit brings with you and to you. That's what you want to multiply, and that's how you can do when you do this. So, ask, learn, and act. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for your presence and your goodness. We thank you for your spirit that you've given us. May we be more and more sensitive. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.